Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Anna Staver, and this is Ohio Politics Explained, a podcast where you give us 15 minutes and we give you all the news you need to sound smart and impress your friends when you go out this weekend. Welcome back to another episode of Ohio Politics Explained, the very big budget edition. This week, we're explaining how the governor wants to spend your tax dollars over the next two years, how a pro-Nazi homeschool collective flew under the radar, why the former chief justice of Ohio thinks we need to redo redistricting again, and what went down in the second week of the Larry Householder corruption trial. Joining me this week is State House Bureau Chief Anthony Shoemaker. Hey, how's it going? Ah. I'm well. How are you? Good. Slow news week. Yeah, just a bit. But before we get started, I want to make a quick pitch that if you find OPE to be interesting, informative, or helpful, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. More reviews tells the algorithm that more potential eyes might want to be on what we do. So thanks in advance. Our first topic is a story that I did not have on my bingo card for 2023, and that is the unmasking of an upper Sandusky couple as the leaders of a Nazi homeschool collective. So Vice broke the news on this story, and one of the questions that quickly bubbled up was, how did this happen? How did an Ohio couple create an online, basically like a chat room, and spread this material to thousands of families without anyone knowing? And the answer that Democrats came up with was, too little regulation of homeschool families. Right. I mean, it kind of seems like, you know, as long as a homeschooling curriculum is meeting the state requirements, as far as like, you know, standardized tests, you can, the other stuff you teach can kind of be whatever you want. Yeah. So current law requires a parent to notify their district that they plan to homeschool and submit proof that that parent has a high school diploma or some other like equivalency. They have to promise to give at least 900 hours of instruction in subjects like reading, science, health, music, all the things you get in like regular school, but they can skip anything that conflicts with religious beliefs. They can add any like religious education that they want to do. And Ohio doesn't approve the curriculum for those children. It just asks for like a brief outline of what you're going to teach, but that's just for like informational purposes. And I don't know, I got the impression from like reading some of the reporting on this that, you know, they were very well aware, this collective, it was called Dissident Homeschool, but they were very well aware of what like how the outside world views Nazis and like how when children would be old enough to quote unquote, like keep the secret, right? Like when you could start sharing information, how to conceal that information, like how to basically teach them like stranger danger for their beliefs. Right. So I don't like, even if we had, I don't think they put it like, we don't know yet. The Ohio department of education is investigating. So, but I don't, I would be really surprised if they had pro Nazi curricula, like, in the documentation that they turned over to the state. Right. It can be just kind of very subtle. And, you know, like Governor DeWine condemned the uh, anti-Semitic language detailed in the reports. But, you know, Senate President Matt Huffman is kind of taking the, you know, he doesn't want this one case to cause... A bunch stricter of stricter rules for everyone who's everyone else who's homeschooled. Right. Because it doesn't seem like they would have like an investigation into the curricula that homeschoolers are teaching 
might not have captured this anyway. That's kind of his argument too, right? Like they know, it appears at least from the reporting that they knew enough like to be careful with their kids. So like, I think you could pass an AP US history exam and still be getting like Nazi curriculum at home, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah. And, you know, you have like over 50,000 kids in Ohio that are homeschooled. Yeah. So, I mean, who knows if you're, if you're a parent not paying yeah. extremely close attention. I and I was talking to uh, Riordan McLean. He's a Republican representative from Upper Sandusky whose wife homeschools their five kids. And he was like, I've never heard of these people. And like, we're sort of tied into our local homeschool community there. But he was also like, look, like the parents of public school children can teach their kids like racist, anti-Semitic beliefs in their own homes too, right? Like policing that, like policing what parents teach their children in the home is just like really complicated anyway. But I don't know, like it is just sort of shocking that there were like these pro-Nazi homeschoolers in North Northern Ohio. Right. It gets but it does get back to kind of the the dangers of so many different kinds of schools going out there and so little re- regulation. You know? Yeah. And so we'll see if this results in any sort of legal changes. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Our second topic is the big public corruption trial unfolding in Cincinnati. So for those of you who haven't been following it, former Speaker Larry Householder faces up to 20 years in prison on federal racketeering charges. And this week, jurors got a deep dive into dark money. So federal prosecutors are walking us through how they say a company called First Energy funneled money to Larry to help him win his primary, help him win his election, help him become speaker. And jurors saw text messages, bank statements, calendar entries. It was it was a lot to absorb. Yeah. And it really kind of connects the dots with how, you know, in Ohio with gerrymandering, you know, you have so many safe Republican districts, you know. So it's like if 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 Householder can get his people in in 2018, then they can elect him speaker in 2019. Then he can pass the House Bill 6. You know, it, it, the prosecution is laying out kind of the timeline for how that works. Yeah, we haven't even really gotten to House Bill 6, which is the legislation in question. That's where uh, federal prosecutors say Larry sold the state house, that he took money to bail out two nuclear power plants, which they say didn't need the money. So they accused First Energy of paying Larry and four other guys like $60 million. And in exchange, they were going to give a billion dollars in essentially like public taxpayer dollars to these nuclear power plants. Now, I will say householders maintained his innocence. He says that he's going to have proof that like he's going to be acquitted. So like, I just want to be clear, like he says, this is not correct. He's saying this is the way politics works and I did nothing wrong. And he supported jobs and needed to save these power plants. And that's why he did what he did. Yeah. And, you know, as like, you know, you're hearing all of this and Jesse and Laura from our team are down there covering it. And like they even say, like, it's a lot to absorb when we spend an hour on like bank statements and how dark money hops from place to place to place. I will be really curious how prosecutors keep the narrative of this, their story alive through like what could be a month of really dense testimony. Yeah. And, you know, we're behind a little bit because we lost three days of, of trial because a juror tested positive for COVID and... So the trial was delayed, but back on track this week. Yeah. And we haven't gotten to cross-examination yet of this witness that's sort of laying this foundational case. So I'll be really curious to see what, like, Larry's lawyers do to... His name is Blaine Wetzel? 
Yeah, is that correct? With the FBI. Yeah. I always think Wetzel Pretzel. That's how I remember how to pronounce it. <laughs> Our third topic is the budget. Oh, yes. I love the budget. Yeah. So Governor Mike DeWine unveiled his two-year budget this week, and he had a real focus on children and mental health. And he wants to spend more on college, on public education, on charter education, on school vouchers. Um, he wants to give Ohioans with kids a $2,500 tax deduction. He wants to eliminate sales tax on diapers. It was like a laundry list of items dealing with education, dealing with mental health. Like there's even a new state agency that he wants to create that's focused on like young children. And, you know, all of this left some Republicans a little wary of what might be the final price tag. Yeah. I mean, there's there's some federal money that's involved that he yeah. can tap into. Uh, but yeah, that's where the, this, the devil's in the details of how you're going to pay for all this. You know, one of the one of the most interesting programs that the governor talked about was the scholarships for mm, you know yeah. any student who graduates in the top five percent of their class in Ohio would get a scholarship every year to a, to a go university to, yeah. to go to a college in Ohio. And this is clearly an effort to help slow down the brain drain that Ohio is seeing with young people. Yeah. And there's also a focus on technical education. That is one of those one-time dollars to, um, you know, improve our career tech centers to get them like the best technology, the newest equipment. And that is probably a good or arguably a good use of one-time dollars. Cause like, although there's like diminishing costs and like maintenance on those things, but like upgrading facilities, isn't the same as like hiring a teacher where that you theoretically have just like ongoing costs. Yeah. It was also interesting to hear governor DeWine kind of talk like governor Kasich, uh, when he was talking about all the third grade reading stuff, you know, I mean, we've been down that road before, you know, Ohio students are just really behind when it comes to reading. I have very strong opinions about this as somebody who covers public education policy, but yeah, it's, it really gets into what's called the reading wars and the science of reading. And I really won't bore people with it, but like there are two competing theories about how children learn to read and there's been a real fight and DeWine has picked a side and is going to invest heavily in one side of the reading wars. And I find it fascinating. It's a very nerdy thing, but I'm like, super into that. Our fourth and final topic is redistricting. And no, it's not starting again yet. So, But former state Supreme Court Justice Maureen O'Connor thinks Ohio needs to change the way it does redistricting again. Uh, voters changed how we draw the boundaries for state and federal lawmakers by amending the state constitution in 2015 and again in 2018. But when it came time to actually draw maps under these new laws for the very first time, things kind of fell apart. I guess that's a polite way of saying it. Yeah. And, you know, when the when the Supreme Court that she was in charge of laid down kind of multiple well, hey, rulings, rulings that do this over. We just kind of ignored them. Yeah. So O'Connor and the three Democrats on the state Supreme Court rejected several versions of those maps as unconstitutional. And Republicans strongly disagreed with her. Democrats supported it. But the whole mess left O'Connor with the opinion that, and here's a direct quote from her this week, there would be no elected officials on the redistricting commission in an ideal format. Yeah. And you've seen this happen in other states. I think Michigan's done something similar. Take the lawmakers out of out of redistricting, which, you know, they will fight tooth and nail. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, there's a question of like, how do you make it nonpartisan, right? Are you going to stack it with a bunch of liberal professors or whatever like the argument is? It would be really hard to find like, I think you could find some like real nerdy like academics that are just like into the science of like compact line drawing, right. but like you really would have to seek out. I think it. the challenge is like, how do you take politics out of a process where like lots of people have political opinions, like not just elected officials? Right. Well, and O'Connor talked about how, you know, 
and Ohio's not any different than a lot of other states where the, the politicians pick their voters instead of the voters picking their leaders. So it's going to be interesting to see what kind of program, what kind of ballot issue comes forward if they put it on the ballot next year, which she sounds like she's talking about. She didn't get into too much specifics about what it would be or how it would. Yeah. Or even know. who she's working right. with at this stage. I mean, it's a, it's an expensive, and she mentioned that it's, it's expensive to get a, a statewide ballot issue through. So. Oh, totally. And one more thing before you go. The Columbus Dispatch, one of the papers in our big Gannett family, released a major investigation this week that I definitely think is worth checking out. It's called Preying on Patients, and it's a deep dive into complaints filed against Ohio doctors that found that the state medical board has basically failed to protect us from serial sexual abusers and harassers, even when they display clear decades-long patterns of basically preying on their patients. They found records of hundreds of Ohio doctors going back decades that have like sexually abused or harassed their patients. It's it's, it's a stunning body of work, and I totally recommend a read. Yeah, and you think about just how vulnerable we all are when you're in the doctor's office. You know, it, this yeah. investigation is really shocking. Yeah, it was kind of after Strauss and the whole thing at Ohio State. Like, there was a question of, like, how often does this happen? Like, he, he made all the national news, but it seems like there's lots of doctors in local communities who have not the same volume or the same prestige as preying on Division One athletes, but, like, have still harmed real people for decades. Yeah. Ohio Politics Explained is brought to you by the USA Today Network Ohio Bureau. You can find us on Twitter at Ohio Explained. And if you want to learn more, check us out online at any of the newspapers in our network, like the Zanesville Times Reporter. That's Z-A-N-E, Bill Times, reporter.com. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.